Hey, everybody. Thank you for uh, tuning in to another episode of Innovation Crush. That ridiculousness will be explained very, very shortly. Uh, in case you don't know, this show is all about marketing and innovation and really cool people and projects in the marketplace and, and the things that um, a lot of people are paying attention to. Um, to my left, I have a woman here by the name of Lisa Osborne, who's joining me as a guest co-host today. Say hello, Woo-hoo! Lisa. Hello, Lisa. You cheered for yourself. I did, yeah. That's what you have to do. That's 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 what we all have to do. That's what life's about. (laughs) Uh, Tell us a little bit about you, you know, where you come from, what, what you do. The abbreviated uh, version, because you know we're moving on to I understand. My, I understand. Uh, my tremendous voiceover opportunity. I understand. I understand. I don't want to get in the way of those <laughs> at all. Um, I've known Chris, the host and founder of the show, for a long, long time. And uh, we used to work together at the American Film Institute. And now I run a digital strategy company. Woo! Woo! Who's Osborne? Strategy. What's your, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, at Julipino. All right. Uh, okay, good. Got it. J U L I P E N O, like jalapeno except julepino. I got it. I, I think I think I figured it out. Across from me, Oliver. Oliver Bogner. Oliver Bogner. Not Bonnier. Not Bonnier. Why not? Okay. It's, it's like the German last name. It's it's mm. like the, the, the Bogner, but it's Bogner. Yeah, yeah. It is a lot stronger when you say it that way. I know it is. Like, One is like croissant. Bogner. The other, is, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. like the calm, or hard roll, <laughs> our hard roll, yeah, exactly. Got it. Um, Oliver Bogner, uh, first, yeah, I was going to tell you, I'm, I'm just a little bit bitter to have you here, um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm 38. You're, uh, you're not, you're, you're not even 22 yet. Is I that? turned you can't 21 on February. That's what 7th. I thought. Wow! Yeah, so I already booked my trip to Pretty. Vegas. <laughs> exciting. Did you book the hookers already? <laughs> Hey, hey! <laughs> Did you? Uh, and, fair you question. know, whatever stays in Vegas, right? Okay, okay. all right, cool. Um, mainly, uh, you know, when I came across you, thanks to Forbes, right? Uh, 30 Under 30. Um, you've made a lot of top lists like that. Yeah. yeah. Top innovators, top 10 innovators of 2013. Um, why? I'm 20 years old. <laughs> I produce reality television for a living. Nice. Uh, and so how did, that, how did that come about for you? You know, I, I read a little bit of a background on uh, your grandmother was one of your very, probably your very. She was my very, first investor. Exactly. You know? and that, now it's like I go into a pitch room. I'm like, this is a harder room than my grandmother who <laughs> is, you know, happy to help. Uh, started when I was 13 years old, always been kind of a serial entrepreneur, just kind of seen opportunities. Uh, my, my mom will tell stories of when I was like eight years old. On the beach, I would I would just steal rocks, just like masses of rocks, and then I'd just paint them and sell them as paperweights because I'm like turning a rock into a Brilliant. paperweight. It's no longer a rock. It's a colored rock, and you're going to buy it for $5 as a Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? I have, yeah. <laughs> sell me this sell pen. Sell me this pen. Yes. Uh, so how, much, how, many, how many rocks did you sell? I sold quite a few rocks door to door. Nice. It's a good wow. business. Good business opportunity. Better than the lemonade stand. Pays more, you know? Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but one tastes better than the other. It does. Rocks, uh, lemonade. So then I, then I turned that into a DJ company when I was 13 years old. Right. Uh, convinced my grandma to be my first investor to, you know, give me $1,000 in startup money. Was that I, a lot of money for her or was it like, was she, was that comfortable? No, that was a lot of money for her. Okay. She was like, you know, giving you $1,000 for my bar mitzvah. Right. This is an investment you know, in your future, in you. Wow. Uh, I was class president of my middle school and we were hiring DJs for like a thousand bucks school dance. So this guy is literally just playing an iPod for a grand. Right. 
I could do that. Doesn't nice. seem that hard, and yeah, I could yeah, probably yeah. do it a lot better. Bought DJ equipment, hired myself to DJ my own school dances, got my friends from other schools to hire me, and by the time I was 16 years old entering high school, I had 15 employees, three sets of DJ equipment, like had not touched a turntable in three years, just kind of managed. So it's like and a sold DJ everything. pyramid scheme. A little, yeah, yeah. Nice, nicely done. MLM DJing, I like it. Yeah, we were doing 100 school dances a year. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so we kind of owned the school dance circuit in LA. How did you manage to graduate from middle school? Did you have people doing your homework too, or Uh, here and there? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, (laughs) my grades still count. School diploma. and then started doing raves. So then, then I turned that because all the school dances are on Friday nights. They're not on Saturdays. Saturdays, right. where we're under twenty-one year olds. They're not at a bar if they don't have a fake ID. Yeah. They want somewhere to go. So I, I saw that opportunity and I said, let's create a brand. Let's create a you know business that parents respect. You know, don't have a problem sending your your sixteen year old to our party. And I went to all the nice hotels in West LA, and I got a meeting with the general managers, and I said. You're, you don't make money if your ballroom is sitting empty on a Saturday night. Like, we don't make a dollar. And how old were you at this time? I was 16 years old. Okay. I told everyone I was like 21 because oh. I like had facial hair early. So like the facial <laughs> Lucky hair you. helped. You I, know? I can't grow a thing. <laughs> facial hair helps. You know? It makes people think <laughs> wow. you're older than you are. Uh, it really does. You look, look, you look older. Yeah. He just yeah. graduated from college like <laughs> last you, you week. Could, you could say yeah. you're 30, you know, <laughs> even though you don't look 30, but you, you could say, right? Uh so went to these general managers and said, give me two weeks notice. Would you go with an off. adult like your parents? No, I just, you just went. Buy I like had, a, had, a, had a dress shirt on, jeans, look, you know, super confident in the room. Right. And just said, give me your ballroom, but 75% off. And they would give me their ballrooms. And I had two weeks to promote a rave. And we would get 1,000 kids to show up, pay That's 20 brilliant. bucks a ticket. And wow. I bought a Mercedes after my first party. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have the car? I a couple Mercedes later. Okay, yeah. all right, you've upgraded I've since upgraded then. I've upgraded a little. Uh, and did that for two years, and then my dad, who was an independent film producer, said, your life could be a reality show. And I looked on the on YouTube how to sell a reality TV yeah. show, saw the Indie Sizzle Reel, bought myself a camera, taught myself how to edit on iMovie, didn't use any fancy yeah. editing system. Let's back up. Where, like, where do you get the balls, right? Like, you know, because you've you've made these leaps and you've taken rocks uh-huh. to neighborhoods and painted them, yes. right? You've t- you've taken oh a, a, a school party and turned it into a business, which you don't hear about at all. Like, yeah, you know, I don't to this day. I don't know very many DJ companies that focus on the school market, right? You, a lot of them discount it, but but right. for me, it wasn't about how like the school dance business said, okay, you can touch every single kid within a month span I could touch we would probably see 10,000 kids at these school dances you know? what happened to that business is it sold you it. sell it sold oh. the contracts right we we had a book of business you know we were doing 10 dances a year for Harvard Westlake valued at $10,000 I don't look at it as let's go do one dance for a thousand bucks I'd be like you're gonna give do us the 10 dances yeah, a year do let's me do, me, do me your year um, and Santa Monica Unified had all of Santa Monica Unified when I was it, 16 in high school. What was the early indicator, though, for you? Because, you know, I shoveled snow, right? Yeah. I didn't turn it into, like, shoveling snow all across Detroit and the yeah. greater metropolitan area. Um, so what was it in you that decided, like, I'm going to definitely take this to the next level and blow it up? Was it just kind of the thrill of how big you could get this thing to go? Just or School never excited me. Right. Like, and I, I'm going to college, getting my, my four-year degree. Two, mo- two, two semesters left, and I got my four-year degree. Right. Uh, 
but school just never kind of excited me and I wasn't the kid that got like motivated to study for the test. I was like, how can I kind of get around the system? And when I uh, – you know the the idea that I could kind of create revenue and create a business right. and create something very tangible was very exciting to me. So, and that's I mean that's an, also an interesting point when you look at like education and personalities. Mm-hmm. Right? It, do you think it? Do you think it's the way a school is structured, or do you think it was just strictly a personality? I had to drop trait? out of school. I dropped out of high school when I was sixteen years old. Nice. Just was like, and that took a lot of convincing with my parents. I'm like, I think I have a business here. Will you please let me drop out of school and sign the paperwork? And I said, I, but but I always had a clear path. Like I never did anything and said I'm gonna just do it because. Which I think a lot of young people say, like whether whether you're pitching a show, which I get this all the time. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna pitch a show because it's my passion project. Right. Cool. It's gonna turn out awesome. I look at it as. Let's go pitch a show, but these are the four buyers that can buy it. Right. I, I don't look at it like let's just go pitch something because it's for a passion project. Like, and I and I looked at you know convinced my parents to let me drop out of high school because I said this is how I'm going to get a high I school. I mean, if diploma. you can sell that concept, that's a hard concept to sell, right? <laughs> yeah. I said this is how I'm going to you know I'm going to drop out of high school. I'm going to go to online school. It's two grand a year to go to online school. I'm going to pay for it, and I'm going to get a diploma that a four year university is going to accept. Right. And I'll still go to college. Yeah. But this will be so you just didn't attend school. Per I just person. did attend school. Right, right, right. Yeah, dropped out of kind of the regular high school and yeah. did online school, which was a lot easier. I mean, even that in itself is is amazing. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a little older than you, and the opportunity to, to go to high school online did not exist. Right. Yeah. So, how much of your success to date do you? I mean, do you look at technology as a player in that? Right. Um, totally. I mean, I think technology has made everything. You know. I, I don't know, but but also like two things, kind of to answer that question. Technology, huge player, right? Yeah. You know, you can cut a sizzle reel for five hundred dollars, where you know ten years ago to shoot a piece of tape would cost you ten grand. Right. You know, it just the, the cost, how much it costs to go put a product out there is very minimal in the scheme of things. You know, yeah. if I want to pitch a reality show, it cost me five hundred dollars to pitch a reality show. If I wanted to pitch a reality show, and I wasn't doing this ten years ago. I, I think to go put together a piece, there wasn't Skype. You weren't able to cut on, you know, there weren't like little, you know, iMovies and yeah. final cut systems that you can cut it on. And it would be very, very, very costly. And it looks good. Like, I mean, it looks, you, good. It looks really decent. You can do it like literally in the palm of your yeah. hand, like, like Anthony. Totally. Over there. He's actually making a sizzle reel oh, right wow. now. <laughs> on your, on your, no, no, you can't. You got iMovie on your iPhone, right? You can, you can, you can cut on your iPhone. Crazy. Um, so how, when did reality television start for you? Uh, I, I knew that I wanted to do this. And I said, how in my, my, when I was 16 years old, I was like always kind of just figuring out what's next. What is, what is that you know, flexible path that I wanted to follow? I didn't do anything just because. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had the goal in mind. Uh, so when I was 16 years old, I said, I, I want a reality show. What about getting in the room with everyone, cold calling, you know, got an introduction to an agent at William Morris Endeavor, pitched them my show. They introduced me to production companies. And then I show got at the time was, that was the my own show Party following Prince. myself, Party Prince 90210. Yes. And we did a pilot. E bought it in the room. Youngest person to ever sell a show to E. They'll still tell you that today. 16 years old, sold them a pilot. Nice. Got an EP credit on it, but leveraged those relationships to turn into other things. And after doing that for a year, you know, I got a job at one production company. Yeah, what do you got on a Saturday night? Company. Nothing. 
<laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. And kind of really understood this business, you know, kind of the ins and outs of how to sell a reality show. Right. Uh, and then re- my goal became, I want to get paid to think. I kind of like that idea. Like, if you get paid, uh, you know, David Geffen had a really interesting career path, right? Mm-hmm. He says he made all of his money before he turned 30. And he's become a multi, you know, billionaire with tons of companies that he's created and launched and just become a media mogul because there's nothing at stake for him. If something fails, he didn't lose anything. He's okay. He's okay. And I, and I, I, I live with my parents still. Like, I'm proud of that. Right. Because I, it gives me the ability to just not be scared. And I think a lot of people are scared. I wasn't scared because if I get shot down, the worst thing they're going to say is no. Like, I'm not pitching my life. I'm not pitching, you know, if I don't get this deal, my kids don't eat. Right. So very different mindset. But, but what do you, but, I mean, but, and then maybe you don't know, you, you, you don't have that perspective, but what do you say to the person who does have the same creative skill, the same, you know, passion, the, the same vision, mm-hmm. but does have more to lose, right? You know, is there... Has a mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Is, is there, like, you know, if, you, if that were your position, what would you... Advise them? Yeah, what, or what would you change? You should be in a position where you can have financial freedom to be creative. I don't think you... And, I, you know, there's all these things like you can, you can be creative under pressure. I believe that. If you are paid to be creative, you can be creative. Yeah. I think you have a better time being creative if you can say, you know, I've worked at this job. I've saved enough money so I can be financially free of all my worries for one year. Right. And then you're going to go make shit happen in that one year. You know, and that that's kind of my belief. How it, much money do you have saved up, Mark? You good, you good for a year? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good for a year. Okay. She just moved here from New York. Yeah, yeah. Hey, go, go make it happen, <laughs> you know? I definitely have, you know, my, my credit was shot after Sandy, and I've got enough money to put down on an apartment to last me for a year. Great. There and then go. you can go make stuff happen, because you're not, you're not worried about, like, how am I going to make that next bill? And I think that that's, and, you know, so, so back to kind of my goal with reality, my goal was how do I get paid to think? Right. How do I get paid to just, just come at, up with show ideas? At what point did your parents, at what point did it become a family business? Like you sell the show mm-hmm. and that I imagine they don't immediately go quit their jobs and go, no, okay, we're going to come they work did, for you. They did not so do that. What, what happened? <laughs> uh, my dad was raising money for independent films. That business became not a business anymore. The economy crashed, you know, right around that time when I was doing this. Uh, but when I had the ability to to bring my parents on board, so so I kind of strategically said, okay, I want to work for like a Fremantle who produces American Idol or an Endemol that produces Big Brother right. or a Fox 21. I want to work for one of those big media companies. I The only way to get them to notice you was with press. So I cold called the Los Angeles Times for six months every single day, emailed every single, single reporter in the business and calendar section and pitched them my story. I didn't have a publicist. I was just me pitching right. them my story. And they called back and they said, we're interested. Was this show already on the air? Did nope. it get picked up? Didn't even have a show on the air. Okay. I just pitched them my story. I said, I'm this young kid. I'm 16 years old. I'm running this DJ empire. I'm trying to sell reality TV. I've had a little bit of success. I think I'm an interesting profile. And six months later, front page of the LA Times calendar section, and that became my calling card. They did a full right. profile on me called Hollywood has, a, Hollywood has a New Junior Partner, front page of the LA Times calendar section. Literally... 15 minutes after I grabbed the newspaper, I cold called the head of Fremantle Media, the head of Endemol, the head of Fox 21, and I said, I want to meet with you. And I got a meeting at all those places. Are you, have you, do you ever have moments of doubt? I, I, or insecurity? I, I, yeah, totally. I think everyone has moments of doubt and moments of like, what if they say no? But, but I always look at like worst case scenario. 
what is the absolute worst thing that can happen? They say no. That's it. And then yeah. does that release you from any like totally. fear? Once yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's freedom like to know that, you know, there's, there is nothing to lose. There like, is literally. nothing to lose. Like if, if I call them up and they don't take a meeting with me, that's okay. So what do you do outside of your work life? Like when you're f- yeah. facing a similar situation where it's not about financial stuff uh-huh. or a business opportunity and you have that anxiety, how do you deal with it? Uh, my girlfriend will tell you that I'm way too relaxed. She says, like, you know, he doesn't get stressed out over anything. I just I just don't get stressed out. Like, I know it'll work out. I know I'll get it done. Uh, I know what I'm capable You're of. You're comfortable. I'm comfortable. Like, my girlfriend right. will get, My girlfriend's amazing. Been with her for two years. Uh, she'll get really Where stressed Where is she? Out. How come she She's in London. She, oh. She's studying abroad in London oh, right okay. now. Yeah. I studied abroad in London. I won't really? tell you her name, though. <laughs> Da-dum-dum. Wow. All right. Da-dum-dum. Uh, <laughs> She she just you know gets stressed out over school and gets stressed out over a test. And I go calm down. Like what? What? You're not going to grad school, right? What, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get a B or a C in a class, and yeah. no one will ever see those grades again. Very true. Like it, it, it's what is there's a, a stat like a, you know the majority of the things we worry about never happen. Yes, never happen. You know, it's never never will happen. It's like, oh, what if X, Y, Z happens? And it never does. Exactly. Like in nine times out of 10, it never happens. And we waste so much time like believing or, mm-hmm. or walking our conscience and our body and everything else through the experience of what a failure mm-hmm. would feel like when, you know. You haven't you even know? had the failure. You <laughs> right. Know? You haven't even had the opportunity to. To fail. Right. You have exactly. to have the opportunity to fail. Get up and bat. And if you miss the ball, it's okay. So why, 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 why settle or not even, I won't say settle in a bad way, but uh-huh. why land at reality television? I'm doing much more than reality TV. Okay, there's a right. lot. The, there's a lot that the press doesn't tell you. <laughs> well, um, here you are on Innovation Press. Let us yeah. know. Uh, so, so I spent two years at Fremantle, sold a whole bunch of shows. I'm going to deliver almost 40 hours of TV this year, uh, which you know, on right now four different networks, potentially you know eight different networks. Right. You know, if a couple pilots get picked up. Uh, Work for free uh, for for Relativity Media now. They brought me in as an in-house executive producer. You know, super young company. You know, Tom Foreman, the CEO, created Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Ryan Cavanaugh, you know, billionaire CEO, has yep. re-engineered how Hollywood kind of approaches the film business. So I work for those guys, and they've kind of given me creative freedom to just come up with shows and go do it. Like, so reality or not, just anything. Just you do want anything. To do. So I'm, okay. I, my bread and butter is reality TV. That sure. is what I'm good at. I know that business very well. I know the buyers, and I come up with an idea a day. And I think that young people don't push themselves to come up with an idea a day. If I don't come up with an it's idea a day, of you. a little bit, you know, like, like, and I'm not comparing myself to, to a guy like Edison, but I think that you have to like take from what people before you have done successfully and you can apply that to anything you're trying to do. Yeah. If I don't come up with an idea a day, I'm not doing my job. I've got to come up with some reality show every single day. Yeah. And some of them are going to sell, some of them won't sell. Well, even when you say that, like, I, young people aren't doing that, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's this whole dialogue about millennials or uh, nobody even really knows what a millennial is anymore. But there is a generation of young people mm-hmm. that have a reputation of um, or have the stigma. I don't even say it's mm-hmm. true, but th- that there's an entitlement generation, uh-huh. right? It, it, do you th- what do you like? What is your response to that? And and how so? Like, what has caused that sort of complacency, if you will? Like, I think there's some millennials that'll always rise to the top. There's always going to be those people that are motivated, internally motivated, to just do shit and make things happen and do incredible things. And those people will still rise to the top. But there is this whole generation of people that have kind of just 
accepted the status quo in a way, you know? Right. They've kind of just accepted this is the fate. This is the career path. If I start as this, I'm going to get here in 15 years. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Life goes on. But and I, but I think I think that the, you know that piece of it has always like when I first graduated from college, mm-hmm. I worked as an engineer at Chrysler. Uh-huh. Everybody there had been there 15, 20 years. Yep. I lasted a year, mm-hmm. so I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Not happening. You know. But you're right. It, it, there's this sense of comfort. I you know I like to look at it also just as, as this idea of there's a certain level of know it allism mm-hmm. <laughs> because totally. because of. This, you know, a laptop or a computer, like you, you have such an influx of information, you kind of feel like you know everything. Right? And that's taken me a very long time to learn because I think in certain cases I've gone into situations going, I know that. And, and I have to approach every single day as I've got to learn something. Right. You know, I've got a lot of older people that work for me. You what know? are you learning now? Right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, con- I'll think about it after and I'll okay. figure out what I learned. No, but you were about to say you have a lot of older no, people. No, I mean, I have older you. people that work for me, and I don't ever approach it like I'm the boss because I'm not their boss. I'm just a colleague, and we're working together on right. a project. And what can I learn from that person? You know, I've learned so much about how do I physically deliver and produce a TV show because I've got these amazing showrunners that are running my shows, and I'm learning, you know, every step of the way. How do I give notes on an edit? Right. How do I run a company properly? How do I manage people properly? And I'm and I'm taking away every step of the way something you know that I can that can, I can hold on to and figure out how I would apply differently or how I would apply it better. And and I'm I think a lot that 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 I think right. a lot of people don't do. What do and you think about most? The world, you know, TV a lot. TV is always on my mind. Yeah. You know what what is something that I could add? What's a new show? Why didn't I come up with that? You know, I read the trades every single day and I and I see these shows. It's like, what, what do you think? There's a glut of right now on television. I mean, I think every every show's strategic. Like, like I don't like a lot of people will kind of generalize like reality TV is this crazy business and everyone copies everyone and like there's 82 cable networks and they all are the same crap. I don't look at reality TV as crap. I look at reality TV as you know a, a, a media form just like everyone else. You know, it's just like the film business. It's just like the scripted TV business. It's just like the music business. It's a business that exists. We're entertainment. We're entertaining America. We're entertaining the masses. Why, why, why is it so sticky? Right? You know, I think. When when I open up my Facebook, uh-huh. right, it's most of the dialogue, aside from like a few gigantic hit shows uh-huh. that are scripted, is around what's happening with you know with these people in scenarios mm-hmm. on their reality programs. Why is that stick? Like, why do people care so much about what, these people that they see? Not so much real or fake, but just the like, people in general. Like Duck Dynasty, what's I don't Duck think anybody Dynasty cares doing? whether it's real or fake. I think it's just like they're so into the characters and who's fighting and it's real. It's real people doing real things. And I think that's what makes the best reality show. Yes, situations might be contrived. There are – and that that just comes down to production schedules. We're not shooting a show 24-7. So keep that in mind. Sure. We're shooting a show for 12 hours a day. We're following those people for 12 hours a day and we're telling the most authentic possible story we can. But people are intrigued. You know, people that make it onto reality TV, I can tell you all my shows, you know, Kim McQueen's, Tuesdays on Lifetime, 10, 9 Central. I watched that show for yeah, the first like time it? earlier this week, and it wasn't because of you. It just, I just happened to catch it. Yeah. I mean, it was because of you, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the sake of publicity. Research, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually, I stumbled on it, and I was like, I've seen this lady somewhere, and I, then I remembered it from your website. Yeah. And I, 
And I've got to say, uh, I mean, one of the things is I do not watch reality. Like, I'm just not into mm-hmm. it. But this one, I was like, I stuck. I Like, I yeah. watched the whole episode. But she you is, watch it because of her. Exactly. She is such she an was intriguing, awesome. engaging person. And she, she is truly such an amazing person. Uh, Kim, she just goes. And she's vaguely attractive. Uh, she's well. attractive. She's easy to watch. But she's got she's got a uh, just a way about her where you just want to learn more. Yeah. What's next? You just want to talk to these people. And I think across the board, you know, you look at hit TV shows on any network. Those people are interesting. Right. And I'm always asking myself, what's more? What's next? What, what, what are other questions? What are other situations that these people can go through? Because I want to see how Kim reacts. I want to see how her mom and sister react. Right. I want to see what they're going to do next. Do you ever, um, speaking of the future of this, mm-hmm. I, I, I start thinking about like The Running Man, remember the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. or Death Race, right? Uh-huh. Like, oh, I, so good. I, I mean, I, I uh, fearfully have a, a, a in, I don't know, an inclination that mm-hmm. we're, we're headed there, right? If you see the movie Her and you see like the amount of engagement we mm-hmm. have and or disconnect with like a real human experience, yeah. Um, how far off do you think we are from like really ridiculously <laughs> uh, thematic or themed shows? They're getting there. They're there already. Have you seen Discovery Channel? Naked and Afraid, number one hit. Yes. It's literally naked it. people on an island surviving for a month. <laughs> That's the show. Great <laughs> concept. I wish that I could. It is a great it. concept, but even when I watch those shows, I'm like, there are people camera are crews. Watching there. It, yeah, they're I get watching it. it. The thing is, you got to take, you know, and I think sometimes people in LA especially yeah. look at those shows and like overanalyze them. Like, okay you're not the target audience middle america is the target audience who watches these and loves these and falls in love with these characters and it's very real to them they don't kind of second think it like people in la and new york and coastal cities like well if you can't just escape and watch the tv show for what it is and just accept it don't watch it yeah if you can can watch it and escape and go i'm following these people's journey i'm following kim i'm following these girls that she's coaching Cool, right. but if you overthink it, it just like anything, if you overthink it, it like distorts your vision of what the show is. Right, that's what my wife tells me in the bedroom. <laughs> um, so therapy moments. It's true. It's wow. true. <laughs> well, hey, it's this. It's the same therapy thing. Just TMI. <laughs> TMI. Um, so you mentioned. I mean, as an entrepreneur, the idea of a day man. Um, what else is next for you? Uh, next for me is kind of taking content to the next level. There's a lot of people creating content, and I think it's finding new ways to touch the people watching it. Right. You know, how, how do you connect with your shows even more? How do you connect with your content even more? How do you, you know, what is the next generation of content creation? Right. Is the next generation brands are going to pay for things? Is the next generation, and I, I think this is where we're headed a lot. You know, if you look at where TV was, at the dawn of television. Right. It was Marlboro Light Presents. Right. And it was an entirely branded night of Marlboro smoking commercials doing a night of programming. Good messaging, by the way. Good messaging, right? Yep. You know, for them. But they sold, you know, everyone was smoking at yeah. the time. So are we going to be in a world where ABC is going to, you know, Tuesday nights is going to turn into Walmart night? Coming pretty close. Right. That, 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 that's a very real possibility of where TV is going. And if you can get ahead and if you can build those trusted relationships with the brands, TV is not going away anytime soon. I've, I, you know, and in school, you know, being, being at school, because I still go to college full time. Right. What's school? I, 
Chapman University. Shout out to Chapman. Shout out to Chapman. I went to Dodge Michigan State. College. We won the Rose Bowl, though. So, um, I mean, continue. <laughs> we don't have a football team. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I, I know you don't have one. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Got a film school. <laughs> uh, I think Michigan has a film school. Don't they? Michigan they, State. But, Michi- yes, okay. there is a, a, a telecommunications yeah, telecom- program. Yeah, telecom program. Uh, but at Chapman, I kind of learn both sides of it. I kind of get to hear the academia side, and I get to hear kind of what do people that are kind of analyzing the business think and then kind of get to see how it's real world applied. But, you know, I've had a professor say TV won't exist in, in 10 years. Completely I disagree, disagree with that as well. I disagree with TV that. TV will always, always, always be around. Where you're gonna, there's going to be different ways to engage with your content. Right. People don't want to so just watch short form content. So are you and uh, taking meetings with brands like the big yeah, P&G, we're, Unilever, we're, we're out whoever? there. We're out there pitching brands. We're okay. out there pitching brands content just like we are, you know, networks are they every coming, day. Is it... Is it two way yet? Are they coming with show no. concepts or they'll no, never not come so with much. show concepts? Okay. I mean, the creatives will always have to come up with the show concepts, and you know. So they come with their budget. They're like, we need something to. They spend come our with money their budget, yeah. and they say, we have money to spend. Right. We have consumers that want to engage. We have consumers that we have to, right. you know, continue to reach and touch, and we're finding new ways to touch those consumers. That's great. Um, and then uh, as we as we we'll come to a close in, uh-huh. in a couple of minutes, uh, but I did want you to complete a phrase yes. for me. Um, if you've ever listened to the show, I know you have. Um, innovation to me is innovation to me is figuring out, you know, figuring out what's next. So I think if you can, you know, predict or or try to predict what's coming next, you're you're innovating. Right. If you're sticking with the status quo, you're not innovating. So if you can really figure out and think, and it, and it comes down to just thinking. Like I drive 400 miles a week. That's what I That's drive. A lot of time I hope you have a hybrid. I do not have a hybrid. Wow. I wish I did. Right? I feel. But like you have you the, a Hummer? Mercedes. You know, he has a Hummer. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good mi- in mileage, like 30, 30 miles to the gallon. But because I, I go to school in Orange County, so I've driving. It's also drive. your German last Wagner. Yes, yeah, Wagner. Right? You have to. But I'm a Jewish German, so. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. That's <laughs> conflict of interest. Conflict there. of interest. Stop. Leave <laughs> I'm just alone. saying. I love Germans. I. Uh, <laughs> so do I. Uh, so oh boy, what, what's happening here? <laughs> Go ahead. No, Four hundred miles. Like I get to, I get to think a lot, and and I think that if you can think about how to innovate, you think in the car. What I are you think doing in the, in the car, car all the time. I think okay. I'm sitting in traffic. I don't right. know. What do you listen to in the car when the four hundred miles a week? I, I listen brain. to. I listen. To, I listen to my brain a lot. Like I just think, and if you can just sit and think, and you know the world's moving fast around you, I think you can innovate. When do you shut it off? When, when I'm, you know, at home, when I, 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 I try to, you know, shut it off when, when I'm with my girlfriend. Right. Uh, but I'll always, like, in the middle of the night, like, I keep a notepad right next to my bed because I'll, like, wake up and be like, oh, my God, I had an idea. And I'm just always thinking. Like, I'm not always pitching. I'm not always, you know, right. talking about my Baby, shows, listen to this. But, yeah. I don't even pitch her. I'm just, like, write it down right. and, like, think about it later. Do I you have, have any innovation heroes? Uh, I think Scooter Braun is incredible. He's quite. He's got innovative. a lot of bail money. He's got a lot of bail money. Yeah, he did t- yesterday. <laughs> wow. You know, he had to bail him out. But but if you look at what he's done, he is the David Geffen of our generation. Yeah. He has changed the way the music business works completely. Yeah. You can still make money in music, and he's changed the way you know. You you walk through any Walmart in America, you can buy anything Justin Bieber. You can buy anything Ariana Grande. Yeah. You know you can you can buy. This idea of you know having a million products 
for for one person is just amazing what he's done. And Ryan Seacrest, an incredible innovator. Yeah. He's so much more than a host. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you had to go take that shit personally. So, how can uh, how can people get a hold of you on the internets and the you know? What's, what's your cell phone number? <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but no, we're we're super reachable. You can visit us at bognerentertainment.com b o g n e r entertainment.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You know, at Oliver Bogner. Uh, LinkedIn, we're, we're super easy to connect with. We always look for real people doing real things. You know, it's all about figuring out what the package is. So if there's big characters that you know of, if you've always said, you know, my friend should have a reality show, you might be right. right. Pitch us. You can pitch us. We have an open submission policy. That's great. Uh, pitch us your reality show ideas. Pitch us pe- real people doing real things. Always interesting to us. And you just might find yourself as a TV producer. Hey, I like that idea. Um, well, I do want to thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. And uh, Lisa, do you have any final words or, or thoughts around this? Are you you good to go? I'm good. You should watch, if you haven't, the David Geffen on American Experience. Yeah, the profile. I, I, I haven't watched it. I should, should watch, watch it. it. By the way, I'm going to pitch you uh, 86 and Pregnant. Okay. Uh, that's so everybody, a, That's a good show. Thank you for uh, joining us on another episode of Innovation Crush. Uh, we will talk to you next time. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and 3 comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.